Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Angeline Ben Nichols. Great to have you on the show, guys. Morning, Will. Thanks very much for asking us on. It's lovely to be here. Hey, Will. Thanks for having me back. So, um, all, all the way from the, um, the, the west of England, um, based in Bristol, uh, both property investors um, and uh, property managers. So, t- talk, talk us through uh, briefly um, what, what the KPA story is uh, to date in, in 30 seconds, um, and, uh, and we can get started. Ben, do you want to go with that one? I can try my best in 30 seconds. That's a big <laughs> ask, Will. Yeah, you've thrown the gauntlet down there. And um, so KPA property it is kind of part of the wider key group of companies that my grandma founded back in 1948. So I kind of put the other bits and pieces to one side and just focus on the property stuff for now. So primarily we are property investors. And as you mentioned, we've got a diverse portfolio throughout the Southwest and we're actively engaging and finding more projects and, and more properties and portfolios to purchase. But alongside that, we've also created a letting agency. It was initially to manage our own portfolio. And then when we looked to outsource um, our own portfolio, we kept coming across compromise. We said, hang on a minute, this is, this is bonkers. We're not paying for less. So let's set up a letting agency to look after not only our own portfolio, but now we service landlords. And we've got a branch in Bristol, branch in Western Supermare, a satellite branch in Bridgewater. And we've just purchased an agency over in Southampton. Uh, which is where I am actually today. Maybe it's all the way from the West Country. It's actually closer to you today than I am normally, Will. Well, fa- fantastic. So, so well done on the purchase. Um, we'll have to uh, mark that down as a future episode. But today we're talking uh, about people and specifically team dynamics. Um, putting a team together, why uh, it's important to take a, a people-centered approach. Um, and, and going into some of the, the details and experiences that you've had. So, uh, Angie, I'm, I'm going to put it over to you. Um, what, what in your mind is a team and a, a property business? So in my mind, a team is a group of people that work together um, without ego and who bring the very best out of each other. It's really important that they're in the right place so that you're not putting a round peg in a square hole. So the business that Ben mentioned, touched on briefly, that's been around since 1948, will be 75 years old next year, um, is a legacy business. It was my in-laws company, and I've been working in it for almost 30 years. And I spent a long time working in a business where the people weren't right. And it was an unhappy environment. 
um, you were constantly recruiting, you were constantly training, um, and it was it was very kind of push and pull, and and it was an uncomfortable place to be in. And on a management level, on a management level, it felt very much like you spent your nine to five sorting out problems. Um, real problems and political problems within the staff team. And if you wanted to get any real work done, um, you'd have to come in at the weekend. So we, right from the get-go, Ben and I, when we talked about setting up the property side, because KPA was a marketing business, property is very much a, a large part of what we do, but it's not the whole. It's, you know, it's a part of a, of a larger whole. Um, we said we didn't want it like this. Absolutely not. The thought of that gave me a massive inward cringe. Um, and I said to Ben, if I can sum up to you in one really simplistic phrase how I feel about it, I don't want to work with anyone that doesn't make me smile. You know, the minute I think, oh, my God, not that, that's not the right place to be. Um, so a team, a person-centered team is a place where everybody is working exactly the right place that they should be. The energy is right. Um, it's hard work, really hard work. It takes a long time to put a team like that together. But when you get it right, you can just absolutely feel it. And it's a, it's a wonderful And what, why is that important to you uh, as a, so if you put your property investor hat on, what, why is that important um, that your, your agency, your manager, uh, the, the person who's responsible for looking after your, your properties, your tenants, your, your compliance in, in most cases, why is that important to you that they, they have this people-centred approach? Because we didn't come into this business to be like everybody else. It sounds really cliche, but we really are the agency we couldn't find. Um, and it's really important to us that you know, our landlord's properties are looked, over, looked after as though they were our own. Um, and it's really important that the team really gets that ethos and, you know, when it works well, they smash it out of the park as standard. And you know that you're providing something very different. And that's really important to us. I think just to build on that as well, uh, people always say the kind of classic cliche is property is a people's business. And I'm going to repeat it because it is very much true. But actually, if we look at the individual groups of people that are involved and we can start to see what they're looking for, ultimately tenants are customers. And not a lot of their landlords and not a lot of property investors look at it that way. But if the tenant doesn't pay the rent, then you don't receive your income, or at least you don't in that moment anyway. So if you have unhappy tenants that are disgruntled and not being properly looked after, then your income stream dries up very, very quickly. And how many landlords hold enough money to, say, for example, have six months worth of mortgage payments in the bank? Not as many as probably should. So if you've got the tenant side of it, it's extremely important that we have a customer people-centric approach because you are dealing with people's lives and people are living in properties. You know, from a landlord tenant perspective, it's quite simple that really you're, you're saying if you've got people in a property and you treat them well, you look after them with respect and compassion, then they're going to pay their rent. They're going to look after the property and they're going to want to stay. And that's all we're looking for as landlords is for our tenants to be happy, continue to pay their rent, look after our biggest assets, and then stay in the property as well. It's also important if you're talking, you ask the question of why is it important your letting agency to have a people-centric approach? If they've not got a people-centric approach with you as a landlord and they don't treat you properly, then how does that leave you feeling about how your property is being looked after and also how you feel as a valued customer to them as a property management company as well? Yeah, I had a, um, 
an awful experience uh, a couple of weeks ago where um, I, I was viewing a portfolio uh, with an investor and the two of us were um, we, we travelled quite, quite a long way to do this viewing and the, the letting agent uh, had said that they don't have anyone available to meet with us but we could pick up the keys mm. and they messed up a couple of things. They gave us the wrong keys for one of the properties. Um, one of the, the tenants weren't aware that we were coming. Um, and um, in, the, uh, in the coming into the office, uh, there was a, in the space of, this is all in the space of a minute of walking in. Um, the, no one actually looked at me and the, the, the three people that were, were sitting within two metres of uh, the, the area that I'd walked into at, at their desks. And, um, and I asked one of them uh, something like, busy morning, is it? And, and she said, um, uh, without looking at me, I haven't had time to, uh, to take my coat off. And it was about 11 or 11.30 in the morning. Um, and I, I looked around and uh, the, the manager of the, the, the branch uh, looked at me and said, oh, you're here for the keys, are you? Um, uh, barely blinked at me, ran off down the back, came back with a set of keys, put them in my hands and said, sorry, we're really busy. We're booked out. There's a new software system. Um, and... and um, uh, I uh, just dropped the keys back when you're, you're, you're done. So they didn't care about uh, the prospective customer. They didn't care about the tenant and they didn't care about their staff uh, all in the space of, um, you know, less than 60 seconds. Uh, now it's not a good feeling. Now, what, what we ended up doing was spending uh, a portion of the day going around and meeting some alternate options that were, um, you know, uh, established, mm. uh, happy to see us, uh, appeared to be well run, different philosophies, you know, uh, uh, but by and large, they, they were actually keen to have us as customers and also uh, appeared to um, have a, you know, the, the interests of a good ongoing uh, management contractors, you know, at, at the heart of their business, uh, which is well run, looking after tenants, well maintained properties, etc. Now, how did you come to this conclusion about the importance of putting a team together, and uh, what is your philosophy of putting a team together? So, just before I go on to that question, Will, I'll let Angie answer that question because I know she's got some fantastic experience at previous teams that were suboptimal, it's probably the polite way of putting it. Okay. Um, but I think just to build on what you were saying that's really important there is how that left you feeling about the potentiality of that future relationship was extremely negative. You know, if you juxtapose that compared to the people who took the time, effort, and energy to care about you and what you were looking for as a potential new customer made you feel a lot better about working with them and how they're going to be representing you because ultimately that's what an agent does. It represents you when managing your properties and your portfolios. But also a lot of people forget this is also extremely important when it comes to the investment side. You know, we've been negotiating with vendors before where everyone thinks, oh, price. It's all about price. Whoever gets the best price is going to get the purchase or is going to complete on the sale. And actually that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the expression, again, people by people is so, so true. 
And we've had vendors before in the past who have openly said to us, you know, your price wasn't the highest price, but I really liked your ethos. I like the way that you do business. You clearly care and you want to do right by this particular purchase, which means we'd rather move forward with you and take things to the next stage than X and X down the road who came in at the higher price because I don't really trust them to look after my tenants if you're buying something with tenants in situ or look after my customers and my landlord if you're buying a new letting agency. So that people-centric approach, it runs through every single vein of property because ultimately there are lots of stakeholders involved in property who are people. So it's extremely important. But sorry, I digress. You asked how did we come about choosing the right team and why did we decide to go for that people-centric focused approach? Yes. That's so true, Ben. And, you know, how many sales teams make the mistake of thinking that people buy solely on price? It's a huge mistake. No, I completely agree. Um, I guess to answer your question, well, firstly, can I say that the, the example that you gave just now was a fantastic example of a company that are showing that they know how to run a business that isn't people-centered. And exactly what you're saying, you know, where's their duty of care to the tenant? because that's their home and you know we know you're lovely but you could just as easily have been an axe wielding homicidal maniac just about to let <laughs> yourself into someone's home um yeah that's awful and tenants have a right to know you know whether you're go whether you're going in as a management team whether the cleaners going in whether trades coming in whoever's coming they have an absolute right to know um and that's absolutely dreadful um so yeah why is it important so I think we've all worked in organizations, I know I certainly have, where people didn't get it right. And I think the problem is people often recruit at a time when they're so busy, they desperately need to bring someone on. You know, you say, oh my goodness, I desperately need this. And then when they take someone on, um, you know, someone will perform really well at interview um, and you'll think, fantastic, your CV tells me you can do the job, you tell me you can do the job, there you go, have it, bye never darken my door again. And, you know, when you do that, all you do is create another job for yourself. You've taken someone on because you're supremely busy. You haven't interviewed properly. You've interviewed based on CV alone. Um, you haven't taken the time and trouble to find out is that person actually not only going to be able to do the job, but enjoy doing the job and perform well within your team. And then you've just said goodbye and you haven't trained them properly. So we've all worked in organizations. I know I certainly have where that's the case. And all that does is just create more and bigger problems. Um, and why would you want that? And you'd want your team to be happy. You want your place of work to be somewhere where you don't dread coming in. You don't want them to dread coming in. And you also want your, you want to understand exactly what you do, what you bring to the business, why your business is different. It, it really does come from the top down. And again, you know, I'll say it again, it's amazing what can be achieved when no one cares who gets the credit. You know, that the team performs, the team does well, um, and you can do wonderful things. So, you know, I guess really it was a case of wanting to be very different from a lot of bad situations we've seen. But, and uh, that, that, that's a really interesting point. Like you've got a recruitment framework, um, which, which, you know, you, you come across different versions of this, um, but they're, they're generally around uh, can the person do the job? Like do they have the... Uh, appropriate experience, qualifications, and skills, and and that, that those can be breaking down uh, a, a little bit more depending on the role. I think attitude uh, is extremely important and, as well. We'll discuss another one for that list. 
and, and uh, just, uh, I suppose, two, two other sort of key areas. Do they want this job as opposed to a job? Um, which you know, I think, uh, in my mind, like you know, a, a motivated team member is a um, like a vastly superior thing to a um, a slightly better qualified or uh, someone who has a, a higher skill level. Uh, someone who wants to be there and is prepared to, uh, I, I think, sort of uh, go that extra mile uh, for for the organisation for the for the role uh, that they've they've got a, another reason for being there, uh, other than collecting just a paycheck, which is obviously part of it. And then the third bit is how does that actually fit into your your existing organisation? Uh, and it doesn't mean that the person has to be exactly the same. Uh, it, it could be that you're actually looking for someone very different because you're looking to change the organisation uh, in line with your business plan or your objectives. Uh, but that, those would be the, the three sort of uh, framework ideas that typically, um, I, I think, work in formation of teams. Sorry, Ben, I interrupted. No, no, no. I think that I was just picking up on the, the, your second point there. I think for me, it's attitude over aptitude every time because you can train somebody to do anything technical within the role. Um, and as long as you get someone who has the right skill set from previous experience or for what they enjoy or what puts them into flow, it's very important, we feel, to make team members be in flow as often as possible. And actually, that's more important than whether or not they have experience in the role, unless there, of course, there are qualifications that are required to achieve that particular role. But I would actually look at your order of one, two, three, and I would reverse it. I'd say the most important thing is how are they going to fit into the rest of the team? Because if you put the best person who's extremely well-driven, but they're going to completely upset the entire team, well, then they're not the best person for that role. So that number three is very important. How do they fit into your organization? Not only from a value perspective, do they share the values of your company and what you're trying to achieve, but also with the rest of the team members as well. And then as long as they're going to slot in and they're going to work within that framework, then I would look at number two and say, what's their attitude? You know, are they that's a great point, Ben, actually. And I'd like to add that it's really also useful um, to look at what the person's looking for, you know, with regard to the short, the medium and the long term. Because sometimes you'll have an idea in your mind and you'll want to recruit somebody just for a short period of time or you want to recruit somebody who's going to grow with your business. Um, that's certainly been the case for us. We've, we've taken on five new members of staff in the last six weeks and we're looking to put a team together that will grow with us as we as we grow but there's no point us having that in our head and thinking won't this be great when somebody doesn't share that vision so I think it's also important to understand what it exactly is that they're looking for um, and also and I'm going to let Ben talk about this because he gets very passionate about this and he loves it um, you then start with that so you, you know, you start with, can they do the job? Do you like them? Do they like you? Do you share the same vision for the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you profile. Um, and I'm gonna let you talk about that, Ben, because I know you love that. I will definitely go on to the profiling section, but I think actually what you've highlighted there is extremely important, is where does that person want to be? I was talking to a business owner the other day who owns multiple property companies and you know, do different property services as well as an investor as well. And he was saying he has some people walk through the door who want to be employees. You know, they want to do that role. You know, career progression is not what they're looking for. They want to execute on that role. They'll do a very good job, but actually, and they're motivated, but they're not looking to take that next step, take that next step, take that next step. 
and you have other people who are there to further their career that might be with you or it might be to then go off and do their own thing so and they will likely be as driven sometimes more driven than someone who wants to do the role but they're always looking forward and those are the kind of people that can really push and excel your business to that next stage but you have to show them a progression you have to say look this is where we are now and actually, this is where we are going. You can see that we're doing this, this, and this. Here's some examples. And we want you to be along for the ride for the future. You know, we're looking to grow with you. You're looking to grow with us. And we'll invest in you, both in time, but also in education and skill sets and teach you everything so that then you can be the best version of you, which ultimately is the best version for the business. And I think that's really, really important when you get someone that's hungry, that really wants that progression, that you show them that progression path within everything that you do and offer them those opportunities. So profiling side then for a second. And the profiling is a very good way of being able to put the right people in the right seat. And I think it starts at um, the advert and it starts at understanding that job role specifically. So one of the things we try to do is to get every team member in flow as often as possible. So the team in flow are able to achieve great things and Flow, for those of us that haven't come across the expression before, is that time when you're doing something and you're so engrossed in it that you've completely lost all sense of time. So you might be sitting down working on a piece of work or you might be giving a presentation or at a networking meeting or however you personally get into flow and you'll be, oh, wow, I've just lost four hours. And that is because you're at your most productive and you're enjoying your role. And if you can get into flow more often than not, then you can achieve a much, much greater output and job satisfaction by being in flow. So we use something called wealth dynamics or talent dynamics to help understand better how people get into flow. And it's taken kind of learnings from old Chinese philosophies and I Ching through to Myers-Briggs and also looks at NLP and is a way of understanding different people's job roles by looking at different energies that people bring to the job. And one of the things I'm a big fan of is actually playing to people's strengths rather than saying, let's try and focus on your weaknesses. Actually, let's play to your strengths and let's have a team that all strengths complement each other so we can achieve the output that we're looking for. So for me personally, I really love presenting. I'm one of those strange people that enjoys giving presenting and presentations and public speaking. So I find myself in flow doing that. Th always... Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Having these discussions is brilliant. Um, but for some people, that's admin. You know, they really enjoy doing the admin, making sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. But that's just, you know, that's, that's not me. Now, it's not meaning that we can't do admin. It just means that I'll find admin more tiring than I would do, for example, giving a presentation. And I won't be in flow doing admin, whereas I might be public speaking. So if you're able to bring a team together by profiling everybody individually and understanding the role that you're looking for and what that person may, you know, what attributes that person has in order to get themselves into flow while doing that role, you can write a job advert looking for that person. So if I come back to the letting agency as an example, a lot of people say, well, I want a lessons negotiator. And that person is going to go out there, they're going to meet new tenants, they're going to sign them up, they're then going to do their referencing, and they're then going to check them into the property. It's a very, very brief overview of that part of that role. But actually, if you break that down in a bit more detail, somebody doing the viewing, that's a very person-centric person who enjoys the sales, the interaction, understanding what a tenant's looking for to make sure that the house is going to be right for them and get to know them a little bit better along with the rest of the housemates to ensure they're going to get on with everybody if they're moving into an HMO. 
But then if you look at the referencing, that is a very document-heavy process. Things like the right to rent checks, you have to do that properly. There's no cutting corners and no making mistakes because you're doing an admin role. So if you've got a sales role and you've got an admin role, those two people are actually very, very different. So maybe we break that job apart and we say, well, we want someone who's going to be a viewings coordinator, who's going to be very good with people, very personable, who's going to do the viewing side. And then we want someone who's going to be very admin focused and detail orientated, who's then going to take care of the referencing side. So when you start to think of a job role in terms of the skill sets and the attributes and where people would be in flow when they're doing them, you're then able to find the right people for those roles who want to stay for longer. It's a fascinating thing, like uh, how you, you you put teams together, and this is obviously uh, a very different thing depending on the uh, the stage of the organisation, the scale of it. Um, but um, when when putting together a project team, um, I I'll often look um, really closely at trying to have at least two people to fulfil any one one function. Um, and, and that's often best achieved by having people with uh, good general experiences, that they're, they're generalists as well as, they may have a specialism or a couple of specialisms, but they've got an ability to fill in. And, and that that'll, takes a huge amount of pressure off um, if people are on holiday, they've got, you know, split focuses, they've got, they're sick, they're, and all these things happen. You want the organisation to be able to keep rolling uh, and and people to know that they've they've got backup, they've got an ability to uh, tap into to others, and uh, in building up a team, uh, sometimes those people are inside your organisation, sometimes they're outside. Um, but thinking about these things in advance, I think, is a really really key key thing. So, uh, what what would be uh, the the top two or three learning uh, points that you've had around team dynamics, uh, firstly, Ben, and then Angie. Just to pick up on that last point, Will, I think actually if you use an analogy that's very close to your heart, and we take rugby as an example, if you only have one player for every position and no cover for anybody, then if someone does get injured, they might be sick, or they go on holiday and they're taking time with their family, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And there are some roles that are more specialist than others. For example, a left wing and a right wing might be quite interchangeable, though they would tell you otherwise. You're not going to get, it's going to be a lot easier to swap those two over. Whereas someone like a scrum half or a fly half is a lot more specialist. And the understudy might also be quite specialist, but equally as important that you have cover for those positions. So I think that's a really good point that you've highlighted there. Because again, looking at a people focused approach, people have their own lives going on. You know, they've got bits and pieces that's going, that, that's happening. They might be ill, they might be going on holiday. And you need to continue servicing whatever it is that that business does. And to do that, you need to cover. So I think that's really important. And training is very important for that too, and having the right system so that people can slot in, they know what they're doing, they're comfortable with that role, and there's training materials that they can fall back on if they need to in order to then execute on the role that they're covering for, even if it's just for that short period of time. And how about you, Angie? So I think your um, I think your example that you started with about the awful experience of someone chucking you the keys, still got the coat on at 11 o'clock in the morning, et cetera, et cetera, was a great example, actually, of what you just said. You know, you've got somebody there working at 110% of their capacity and, you know, you should never have that. 
you should only ever have someone working at say 60, 65% capacity because then the team can push and pull. Also, if you've got a team that give a damn about each other, give a damn about the uh, people that they're working with, the business and the people that they're servicing, then that's a lot easier, isn't it? Because then people understand where other people's jobs fit in and they will cover. I mean, we had a situation last week where, um, so the way we run our business is we have, we have boots on the ground. We also use um, part of that as a, as a VA team. And we had um, a member of our VA team that we were seeing an awful lot of and couldn't work out why we weren't seeing her opposite number. And it's because she'd had something that had happened personally, hadn't even, it wasn't even an issue, bang, slotting straight in because they understand what each other does. They understand what the business does they care and straight in it's never a problem so yeah I, I completely agree I think that's really important yeah and I, I can see how over the next uh, two or three years we're, we're going through uh, some um, I think relatively uh, volatile economic times um, I, I don't have a crystal ball um, but I, I suspect there's going to be uh, some ups and downs over the next little while and, and getting the, the basic stuff in place um, and the core of asset management is property management um, and, and getting that right is so important and the, the team around that uh, is vital. Um, so in terms of um, what, what would be your, your number one tip um, for uh, improving a team dynamic when uh, it's not working particularly well or optimally? look at why who have you gotten where so why is it not working if it's not working it, it's going to be you've got somebody in the wrong place or you've got a team that's not gelling why isn't it working what have you done wrong to make that happen just to what build on that last bit that was going to be my uh, my point is be humble enough to ask yourself the question am i the problem because a lot of time business owners don't realize that they are the bottleneck creating the problem because they want all of the information to throw, flow through them. And as a result, they're creating a situation where nothing can function without them. And the whole point of a good team is that actually you should be able to remove you. And then in future, as you highlighted earlier, when people drop out, remove anybody from that equation and things still be able to function. Um, and we've met many, many business owners who they are the business. They actually own a job. They don't own a business. So I think it's to be humble enough to be honest with yourself and your team deserves that too and say, actually, what, where, where is the mistake here? Why is it not functioning? Am I potentially that problem? And if I am, how am I going to rectify that? I think that's such a great point, Ben. Um, and I'd like to add to that that if you look at this from an, an overview, if you take a, an overview of this, it's fantastic that we've got a, you know, a multi-branch letting agency that's working well, but what do we want? We want to remove ourselves from that so that we can get on with the business of buying properties because actually we're property investors. It's great, you know, the lettings agency is brilliant. I watch the team work. It makes me feel super excited and it's, it's a real buzz. But we've got some things coming over the next few years. Um, completely agree with you when you said about the economics. There's some fantastic opportunities out there um, for property investors and, and we want to capitalise on that. So if you can take us out of that, if the business runs without us, then that's even better. So um, many thanks, guys. Um, so uh, you can find KPA at uh, kpa.co.uk, is that correct? So kpa.co.uk. 
Um, you can also uh, connect in with Angie and Ben. They're the uh, co-hosts of Partners in Property Bristol, uh, which is a, um, a popular um, property networking organisation. Um, I, I was at the, the London meeting last week and, and someone asked me a, a question which sparked uh, this as a topic. Uh, and they said, how did you get all these, these um, amazing people to uh, work uh, together with you? And I said, well, it started from, uh, from the recognition that I realised I'm not very good at most things. Um, <laughs> and, and that's a genuine answer, um, you know. And, and um, the, the, the ability, I think, to sort of like recognise um, if you're looking to do more, you, you're going to need more people involved, more of the right people, more of the right motivated people. Um, and, and I think that that's a good starting point, unless you, you, you want to do everything yourself, which I, I think very few people ultimately do um, who, who are looking to scale a business. I think Partners in Property is a wonderful example of a person-centred organisation. It's a fantastic community and Bella and I feel really privileged to be a part of it. Okay, well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm Will Mellard. This is my Property World podcast uh, and we'll catch you next time, guys. I, I'd love to hear more about the, those couple of points that we, we touched on earlier. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks, Will. Bye. Thanks, Will. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.